non-sanctioned. Weapons allowed. No rules. It's lights out. Welcome, everybody, to the first ever. Retro Blood Lights Out show. That's right. We are unsanctioned. We are we are unfiltered. We are unbridled, brother. Because we are getting out of the 80s, finally. And we are, are jumping in, not to the Trans Am, but we are going right into the DeLorean, and we're going all throughout different timelines. And the first timeline on the first ever Lights Out podcast from the retro blood is going to be 1993 we have myself jk klein aka uh the green goblin from our movie over here except he's a leprechaun and we have none other than none other than the viking santa himself allison what's happening how you feeling about this first ever lights out podcast from the retro blood What's up, man? I'm so good to be here. Um, it is so good, good to finally be doing this Lights Out episode that we've talked about for a while. So there's no rules. We don't have to follow our 1980s rules or our heavy metal rules or wrestling rules or any kind of rules. So we don't have any rules on a Lights Out episode. That's right. Um, we just wing it. We just do what yep. we do. Now, the format's exactly. going to be kind of similar because we like talking about this stuff. But we're gonna just we're just going to be out there just having fun during these episodes. So it's just going to be like, you know, it's going to be different. We can finally talk about different things that are happening around different time periods and not just stuck in 80s. We can see how people's dialogue are different. We can see how wrestling has changed. We can see how metal has changed. We can see how these movies have changed. It's just going to be fun. And we've been, like you said, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Um, just kind of like a companion piece to the Retro Blood. So this one is a very special episode because this one is coming out. And you guessed it, everybody on St. Patrick's Day. So everybody, happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to pop me open one of these briskies. Yeah, buddy. Steve Austin oh, yeah. style. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm drinking the uh, American Pale Ale B- Boojum beer. Ooh, that's good. From that's the good. Uh, I, like, I like the Boojum. Yes. So the Boojum, well, speaking of folklore, the Boojum <laughs> is not only... <laughs> We're just doing all. You know, it's funny though because our first episode on Lights Out is like kind of like a folk horror like character, the Leprechaun. Kind of, yeah. You know, and I got this Boojum beer over here. That's like a folklore as well, too. So, like, we didn't even mean for that to happen. We just, you know, I just thought it'd be fun to do like an episode on St. Patrick's Day. And of course, what more famous St. Patrick's Day movie than the Leprechaun? Exactly. That's the one we're talking about, everybody. But anyway, I'm having yeah. this Boojum beer. That's the Boojum. Is you can find this beer in Waynesville, North Carolina, brother. Yeah. All right. So, and the Boojum is like a for people who aren't from here. It's like the North Carolina Bigfoot kind of. Yes, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a. Um, it's kind of like a troll, though, isn't it? Like it's. it's well, yeah, because it has really right. big it's, feet. It's like a, it's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the the thing that make, the thing about it makes it like kind of like Bigfoot is because the troll's foot is big. 
but the actual creature itself is not known to be a big, tall, behemoth monster. All right? It's basically, it's kind of like the leprechaun, where it's smaller and it travels, and it's kind of like stays to itself. It's more like a mountain kind of creature. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah, buddy. And this is a American Pale, so we can't beat that. But anyway, everybody, let's get into this Lights Out. And then, so... I think everybody's wondering, like, you know, what's going on with this lights out? Why are we do? Why, why, why are we calling it lights out? There is a, there. This is not just a random name we came up with. This is actually a reason. You know, a lot of times that me and Allison were on our main show, Retro Blood. You know, we have three main categories we always talk about: metal, wrestling, and then the movie itself. So we thought, okay, why don't we take a part of that and make it into an extra show? That's how we got the lights out. And the lights out actually comes from a lot of matches that actually happened in wrestling. They happen currently to this day, and they happen in the past. And it's basically it's it's a it's a match type that that you do, and it's called a lights out match. Viking Santa, do you want to explain to this audience what a lights out match is? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, a lights out match basically. Um, you could think of it as a death match because it usually is. Um, so a death match would be a match that basically has no rules, and. Um, they don't necessarily fight to the death because you know we have to keep keep the story going. But yeah, keep um, that but it's basically it's it's <laughs> fa brother. It's basically a match uh, with no rules. But a lights out match was designed originally because uh, territory owners didn't want to beat their champions or to beat their big heels. But when people when one guy had a grudge against another guy, they would have like what they call a lights out match, which is a, which is a non sanctioned match. And they would, so it would be a match that didn't count, but people could still see it. Yes. And they would literally lower the match, the lights in the arena. Yep. Like the, like even they, even AEW does this to this day. They'll come out and say, okay, this show is officially over. What you just saw was the main event. Everything from here on out is completely unsanctioned. And it, and no matter what, and whatever happens, it's not, we're not responsible for anything beyond this. So if you want, the lights will go down. And if you want to stay and see, see this carnage, you can. But if you want to leave, then, we don't blame you because this is going to be terrible. Typical carny stuff, all right? Yep. You know, don't you know you, you the the man you know the the freak behind the the uh, curtain is too scary to see. You do not want to go in here and see this. But if you do want to see it for twenty five cents, you can see it. That kind of thing. Exactly. So that's basically what the lights out matches, and um, they I think they've had lights out matches at least back into the eighties. Um, and then I've heard of some in Japan where. Like, we have barbed wire lights out matches where the ring ropes were replaced by barbed wire. And then the only lights in the arena were light bulbs that were attached to the barbed wire themselves. And as the bar, as the light bulbs broke, it would just get darker and darker in the arena. Um, so it's pretty ominous and pretty dark and pretty amazing. Exactly. Just like this, just like this specials we're doing. Pretty dark and amazing. Yeah. Well, kind of with the leprechaun. We'll get into all that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the the thing that... I'll, so, you know, I didn't really grow up on Lights lights Out matches. You know what I mean? I kind of... I actually figured out about them because of uh, AEW. But I mm-hmm. do remember they did have a couple, you know, like you were saying, back in the 80s and a couple in the territories, where, which you were saying, but they would, you know, like, oh, the show's over. Now here's your unshanked part of the show and this is stricken from the record books and stuff. The ones I remember that I don't think WWE ever did one, but the, I think their version of the lights out match would be the um, empty arena. It'd be the closest I could think 
Uh, well, yeah, that would definitely be a lights out match, like the raw, like the uh, halftime. Was it the halftime? Yeah, the halftime heat, heat one. The only the only difference is it, yeah, the only difference between that is like that those matches counted. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, like lights out matches don't count. Yeah, there. I mean, the reason for WWF not really doing a lights out match and match not counting, they don't really have like a record book like that. Like WWF doesn't like really do like sports style presentation with their wrestling. They do more like the entertainment style wrestling. So yeah, it's, wins it's, and losses don't matter. Yeah, it's kind of like they don't have like a they have it's like they have a record book, but it, there's not like an official record book. So that's why AEW can do that because they actually have rankings, they have contenders, you know, they have like a, a record book system. So that's why they can do matches that don't count in your record book. But this episode is counting for us and our entertainment. Like that? Okay. Anyway. Yes, so, <laughs> it counts, but it's not an official episode. Yeah, buddy. We're doing our own thing over here. I like it. We can just we can just let loose and drink up some of this brewski. Hope everybody's yep. having a great St. Patrick's Day. Pop a cold one here on the Lights Out episode. That's the way to do it. But let's talk about some stuff that we like to talk about. So I know Allison has some really good wrestling stuff, and we're gonna definitely going to talk about that soon. So I just I didn't find a whole lot of stuff on the metal, you know? But this one is a very, uh, very interesting band I did find, and we have talked about this on some on, on our retro blood shows before. But I'm gonna talk about the first ever band over here in the lights out, and what a great band this would be for uh, for a you know I'm pretty sure they had a bunch of lights out, uh, fucking uh, tours and shit with this band. So this album got re- released January first, 1993. Everybody, and we have. Turbo Negro, Helta Skelta. Oh yeah, Helta Skelta, brother. So Turbo, you know, they're a band I've always like. I listen to a lot. Um, I don't know if I had that album from them, but I had like a couple other ones and stuff. And there's actually one of the bands I always regret not seeing live. I never yes. got to see them live. I actually, I was gonna see them one time live in Dallas. It just didn't work out, and I still regret it to this day because the freaking singer himself. Has passed away, so very very sad. Yeah. yeah, I never got to see them either. But they were kind of like, um, like like Hanoi Rocks, the band we talked about earlier in the show, where they they were really big in Europe and they never really got to tour America yeah. until like near the end of their career, kind of. Yeah, pretty. So much. you didn't get a, Americans didn't really get a lot of a lot of chance to see see the Turbo Negro. Yeah, and then this you know this particular album. This is when their name was spelled a little different. It was like the T R B N G R, and this is like the they call it the blank version. This one was released in Germany, 1993. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely a pretty fun band. Um, you know, definitely pretty. You know, that punk rock style. And like I yeah. said, like they probably didn't do a whole lot of tours, like Allison was saying, until like a little bit later on in their careers and everything. But Definitely a pretty fun, fun style punk band, you know. Yeah, kind of like a like a Motorhead type band, sort of. Pretty much. Yeah. So what do we got here for the wrestling? I know that one was a little, you know, I didn't I didn't find too much music. I, I guess I would say I just got hit with a chair shot for that one. I'm a little daisy when it comes. Kinda... Little daisy, yeah, <laughs> little daisy. Um, um, a couple things we could talk about. Um, this would have been a really good show. So. This um, movie came out, I believe, January the 8th, 1980, uh, 1993. 
Um, so that would have been right after New Japan's Tokyo Dome show, which is always January the 4th, regardless of the day of the week, which now they call Wrestle Kingdom, but it wasn't called Wrestle Kingdom yet then. It was called Fantastic Story um, at the Tokyo Dome. Um, 63,000 people were there. There you go. And it, as with, and I won't go through every match because as with every Tokyo Dome show, it's like six hours long. Yeah. But when, but when I was looking through some of the stuff for it, one thing I noticed that was interesting was um, I saw something that said Masa Saito and Shinya Hashimoto, which Hashimoto is one of my favorite wrestlers ever, um, defeated Dusty Rhodes and Scott Norton. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But then I actually went on New Japan World and watched this uh, show, part of the show last night. It's actually Dustin Rhodes. Oh, nice. And he's booked as Dusty Rhodes Jr. Ah, but still go. a great match. But, you yeah. know, I was expecting it to be Dusty. Um, and then Sting was on it. Sting beat um, yeah. uh, uh, Hiroshi Hase. Uh, Ron Simmons was on the show. Um, a big deal here was the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team uh, titles were on the line again, with the Hellraisers against the Steiners, and at that time the Hell Hell the uh, Hellraisers were uh, Road Warrior Hawk and Kinsu Ken. Let's get this guy's name wrong. Kinsuke Sasaki. Yeah, Sasaki. Who? Uh, yeah, who? Who was at this time was he was dressed in his Road Warriors gimmick as Power Warrior. Is this the one that Rick Rude hurt his back? Uh. I don't know. It could be a different one. Because I know there was a, a Tokyo. I'm not sure if it was the actual, you know, their their bigger show. Though um but I know there was a show that he did that that he did. That's when he, he famously took the splash and he eventually hurt his back. But yeah, I don't I don't see that he was on the show. Yeah. It probably was in a couple of years after this. Um so yeah, it could have been after this or it could have been before. Um so that's kind of cool. So ro- no Road Warrior Animal. So we had Hawk and Power Warrior. Um, and it was just kind of funny when I was trying to look this up on the on New Japan World because their website is basically written by Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't you can't really search for anything on it unless you can figure out how Google Translate decided to spell something. Yeah. So for so Hawk went by Hawk Warrior and then Sasaki went by Power Warrior, but it, but for Warrior it says it's spelled W A R Y E R, Warrior. Yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. Warrior. Okay. <laughs> that's that's right, right? Yeah. So you, so that's that's well, how it's you kind of like how they how did uh, extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then um the main events were um uh Chono, Masahiro Chono versus the great Muda for the world title. Oh, nice. And then uh Tenru and Choshu, which they had to have been getting up in age at that point, but uh uh, Tenru and Ricky Choshu had a match for the for the final. It's final interesting match to think that about four years after that match of uh, um, Chono and um, what's his name? Uh, the Great Muda. Yeah, the, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah. Chono and the Great yeah. Muda. They actually became NWO New Japan members together. Yep. So. Yep. That was well, well, probably what? Yeah, four years later, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Around four years, because NWO started in '96, but I think they mostly did the NWO Japan around late '96 to early early '97. Yeah, um, yeah, because once it took off here, New Japan was like, "Oh yeah, we want to do that too." Yeah, we because have our own. Uh, 
New Japan, uh, NWO. Yeah, because for the longest time, you know, New Japan, they were, you know, the biggest U.S. partner they had was WCW. You know, pretty much for forever. You know, there was a couple couple periods where, you know, WWF would send talent over there to New Japan back and forth. But for the longest time, you know, WCW had like a real partnership with them, especially during the Eric Bischoff um, era. He would always send mm-hmm. people back and forth from Japan and stuff. So that's really cool. Like, you know, we, we kind of get that nowadays with New Japan. Um, we got that when, when New Japan was teaming up with Ring of Honor for a little while. They actually teamed up with uh, TNA Impact for a little bit. And, yeah. you know, well, they're kind of doing the AEW now. Yeah. So the next transition will probably be AEW. And then, you know, hopefully when everything settles down, like a lot of the travel restric- restrictions will be a little bit, you know, better. We can have more of a back back and forth talent exchange, just like WCW used to have. Oh, yeah. The Tokyo Dome show in this next January is going to be insane, I bet. Yeah. If people can travel. Yeah. Um, one thing before we move on, I was going to ask you if you knew. I don't. I doubt you'll know this. But I'll ask anyway. Hit me, brother. Hit me with. I'll the, hit you with. The, you hit, are the wrestling guru. Hit me with some of those <laughs> uh, 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 barbed wire spikes, brother. This is lights out. All right. This is lights out. I really, I really need to find a Japanese wrestling fan of like my age to ask this question. But since I don't know any, I'll ask you. All right. Um, the so Keiji Muto is the great Muda. And he would wrestle as Keiji Muto sometimes, and he would wrestle as the Great Muto other times. And he's mostly known in the United States as the Great Muto. He was almost always Muto when he was here. Yeah. But Muto was almost like a special thing in Japan, almost like how Finn Balor becomes the demon. Oh, okay. But I don't know if the Japanese considered them the same person or if they're completely different characters. And I ask that question because, like, with Finn Balor, it's still Finn Balor. He's just Finn Balor the Demon. Yeah. Um, but there was a time when you brought up the NWO. I'll mention this, and it'll also segue in the next thing we're probably going to talk about. But um, the there was a, a one point where KG Mudo was in the NWO, but the Great Moodle wasn't. I'm pretty sure. So he would be, and then the Great Muda joined NWO later on and then he would come out with that nwo face paint that he had so i'm just wondering i'm just wondering if they considered them the same person or if they're two completely different characters to the japanese are you sure kg muto is is he really him is he really yes. the great muto yes <laughs> yes kg muto is the great muto hmm you know so i can't really answer that question <laughs> i guess i'm too young of a wrestling fan but I, well, mean, I mean, you wouldn't know that unless you were Japanese, most likely. Yeah, because okay, the only okay, the only thing I could think of, all right. So you know, I know about the Finn Balor story. So Finn Balor was always you know his Prince Devitt in New Japan, and yeah. he was Prince Ve- Devitt, but you know for special shows, big matches, he would paint his body, but he would still be Prince Devitt. Like he just hey, I'm I'm just doing a special for this match. I'm just painting my body. You know what I mean? It wasn't until he came to WWE where he actually had an alter ego. Of the demon, you know. Um, let's see. I mean, what I'm thinking is, I mean, it's it's probably it's probably two different people because of the face paint. You know what I mean? So maybe like, I don't know. I can't really explain that. I don't know. I that's that's a, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I could see, yeah, because you no, know, go, no, go ahead. Talk. Mo- most of the time, the great Muda when he was in when I watched him it was in WCW, and you know. 
like my fandom, you know, when I first was introduced to the great Muda, of all things, I was introduced to him when he first showed up with ICP and Vampiro. Okay. Really? Yes. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically here, here's how it goes. So I'm, you know, obviously I'm a huge wrestling fan and I'm pretty good about naming a lot of history, you know, events and everything. I did a lot of my history, but I actually started watching wrestling as a kid around 1998. Okay. And I mostly right. watched the WWF at first. Because that's what my brother showed me. He's like, hey, you got to watch this. My friend from school is telling us to watch this. And my first thing of watching wrestling was seeing um, um, Shawn Michaels super kick Stone Cold at the end of Raw. That's my first memory of wrestling at all. And then later on, I would start watching Monday Night Raw. And so then then after that, like my some other friends are just clicking. And I, I think one time I clicked on a station and I was watching WCW, and I was like, I don't recognize any of these people. Like, I don't know even what, is this WWF? So I didn't even know what it was. So that's how I figured out what WCW was. So I was a late bloomer when it came to that. So my first sight of Great Muda, like I said, when he was like teamed up with ICP and Vampiro, and I fucking thought that group was crazy. But, you know, doing your research and stuff, you know, like you were saying, the Great Muda, he used to come to WCW all the time, but only has the Great Muda. He would never show us KG Muta. So I'm guessing no, never, yeah. So maybe he was. What I'm guessing was, when I'm kind of doing a little bit of research, apparently he was like K, uh, KG Muto mostly in like pro wrestling Noah, and then maybe he. Well, but that's too. That's much later though. So oh, like okay. what I was gonna read was like this thing here because this is just like a little short thing, but yeah, he basically went on a, an a excursion in like the early '80s, which is what Japanese wrestlers do. They'll go to another country and kind of develop their craft. Um, but he came back um, to New Japan in as Keiji Mudo in 1984, and he was wrestling Chono then. And they were both like young boys, I guess, at the time. And then he went on excursion again to the United States and the southern part of the United States, but he was a character named the White Ninja. Mm-hmm. And he teamed with Kendo Nagasaki, and he won some titles in Florida. And then he went to um, Dallas to WCCW for a while. Um, so he hadn't become the great Muda yet. So he becomes the great Muda, I believe when he comes to, to America, like that's an American character. Like he created that for America. Hmm. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. I could be completely wrong about that. Um, but he was, um, because he went back at one point. Uh, okay. So Muda first appears the great Muda in NWA's world championship wrestling territory which is basically Jim Crockett on March 18th, 1989 uh, with Gary Hart as his manager. And he was introduced as the son of the great Kabuki because we knew who the great Kabuki was, who also wore face paint was Japanese. Yes. Um, So then he did all the stuff that we know about like the clash of champions 10 and all that kind of stuff. And then um, when he went back to Japan in 1990, he, he became a star. He was a star instantly. Um, And then he became uh, it says Muda revived his uh, great Muda moniker at the WCW in uh, New Japan, jointly promoted the Starcade in Tokyo Dome in 1991. Um, so then he would g- kind of go back and forth a little bit um, um, in, in like the early 90s. Um, but then like when he joined the NWO, let's see, they put this best, I think. So um, in the latter half of 96, Mudo had Mudo pitted against Chono, um, which blossomed in war with the Chono-led NWO Japan. In the process, Mudo began teasing at a possible turn to the side of the NWO 
proclaiming himself to be the true successor to Inoki's legacy. Um, and he would keep accidentally attacking his partners. Um, then he lost a lot. Um, and then he's like, um, they kept teasing this turn and he would wear an NWO shirt and then he would take it off. And then all he would kind of go back and forth for a while. Um, and, and during that time, when, um, okay, Muda further raised confusion by playing both sides of the feud, fighting as a member of, NW, of New Japan under his real name as the, as the great Muda in NWO Japan. So there was a point where he was fighting against the NWO without the face paint as Muda, as Mudo, and then he would fight as Muda as, a, as an NWO member. That sounds like some tricky shit right there. Yeah, so that seems like super fucking confusing, right? Like, yeah. how, like that would be like Finn Balor being like a heel as the demon and a face as Finn Balor, but right. fighting against the same stable. It would, it would yeah. just be fucking weird. Well, you know, nineties wrestling was kind of like that. We had some weird shit going on. Yeah. But yeah. I bet that shit was exciting as hell though. Yeah. Um, uh, and then he, and then when he went to Noah, he started that group, uh, badass translate trading, which I'm not sure what the fuck that's supposed to mean, but that's what their group was called. Yeah. I think that's like a Google Google Translate name. Nice. Like just yeah. give me four English words to put together. <laughs> yeah, put them badass, all together. Badass Translate Trading. Sounds like a great stable name to me. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, it's true. There's a lot happening this month. You know, mm-hmm. not only that New Japan show that you were talking about, but you know, also during this time when we're bringing it to American pro wrestling, mm-hmm. we had the 1993... Royal Rumble. All right. One of my favorite. We talked about this before on some other shows when we talked about yeah. January months. Royal Rumble is always my favorite show. And this particular one was won by one Yokozuna. All right. Yep. Throwing people all the ropes. And this is the one where you had like um, the, the royal uh, pageantry behind it. You had like the, the Caesar the Caesar theme. All right. This is when we were like seeing it because this is the, the WrestleMania on this area was done in Caesar Palace. At this time. And yeah, it was outdoors, right? Yeah, it was outdoors. Yeah. And the thing I remember from this Royal Rumble match, the co- three things stand out to me in this Royal Rumble match. Number one is going to be the great championship match between Bret Hart and Scott and, and Razor Ramon, which we'll talk about here oh, in a yeah. second. The yep. second is like, there's like one part of the show that like, um, they like, uh, like the Caesar people come out or something. And this is where we mm-hmm. actually meet the first giant Gonzalez is here because they're setting up the match between him and the undertaker for that wrestlemania and boy this giant gonzalez guy oh my god this guy talk about he's huge yeah he's huge big guy this is when we actually see him in his like suit that had like fur and like spray painted arms on it you know and this royal rumble was actually pretty good too because um you know yokozuna like Made sense that he was just popping people out there left and right. So definitely a fun Royal Rumble. Those those are the three things. But you know the besides the actual Royal Rumble match itself was the championship match between one Bret Hart and of course the now late Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Yeah, rest in peace, bad guy. Rest in peace. This one's for you. Mm. One of the best of all time. Yes, I mean you can't deny it. Like this guy, the Razor. I liked every. I liked all his characters. To be honest with you. Like, you know, obviously, like I was saying before, since I'm a late bloomer in wrestling, you know, during that particular area, era, I knew, first I knew of Scott Hall as Scott Hall from the NWO. 
right. but you know, Me doing too. research, watching stuff. You know, like I seen all all the areas. You know, I liked it when he was the Diamond Stud in WCW. Yeah. When he was huge, yeah, like he was like super jacked. He wasn't like yeah. tall and tall and kind of thin like he became. He yeah. Was, uh, well, the first kind of totally character that he had was in, I think it was in the Crockett era, and he is there a Crockett or a, I think it was AWA actually. Sorry, it was AWA. He was like this big jacked up fucking dude, and he was trying to portray like like a version of like Magnum PI, you know, or Magnum TA. You know, that, that type of character. He had the, the fuzzy hair, the mustache, Jack. And the mustache, yeah. yeah. So I remember seeing all of his matches, and he was good. And then later on, he would, you know, transform into the Diamond Stud where he would have a teammate with DDP. And he was just, you know, it wasn't like super top of the card or anything, but he was a good character at WCW. And then that's when he would transform into the Razor Ramon character, which is obviously one of the most iconic characters that WWE ever had, you know, especially during that whole 90s period. I mean, this guy was portraying like a guy like the Scarface, you know, had like the bright tights. He had the gold. He had the toothpick. He had the walk. He had like everything when it comes down. He had some, you know, pretty good matches. Obviously, his matches with Shawn Michaels and the ladder matches were really good. Um, you know, he he he's most well known to be the Intercontinental Champion during this time. Um, and then, you know, there, he at the beginning when he first came into WWE, it was like, I think right at the beginning of the 90s. You know, he had a pretty good push right away. So leading up to the championship match with him and Bret Hart, you know, they were pretty two top contenders going at it. Yeah. So, yeah. So Bret wins that match because I just on the on the night that Scott passed away as one of the matches that I watched. But he um, did Yokozuna win that title from Bret Hart? Did he keep it all the way to WrestleMania? Uh, So, yeah. Well, no. So what happened was, um, you know. Uh, Bret Hart, you know, run that match with Scott, with the uh, Razor Ramon. Yokozuna won the yeah. Royal Rumble, and they both fought off at WrestleMania. And this is the WrestleMania where Yokozuna won, but then one Hulk Hogan brother showed up and took the glory and took the title. Oh yeah, yeah, he got Hogan for sure. Yeah, yeah and that then ain't, that and won't then, work for me, brother. And then not even at like the next pay per view or like I, it was called like this Tuesday in Texas. I can't remember if it was like literally the following Tuesday from the pay per view or like. A month later, I can't remember off the top of my head now, but I know that um, that's when Hulk Hogan dropped the title once again to Yokozuna. So, okay, see, then, I've never seen that show, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that show was the very next Tuesday. Yeah, which is weird to think about that you had a pay- you had WrestleMania on a Sunday. Yeah, I didn't know this came after that WrestleMania, but they had a WrestleMania on a Sunday, and then on Tuesday you had another pay per view. Yep, like two days later. Yeah. And then, and, and I ha- guess they just, I guess they just wanted Hogan. They just wanted to end that WrestleMania with Hogan with the title, I guess. Well, there was like, there were some reports of what they wanted. Apparently, they, they were, so every, I don't, they still kind of do this, but every year after WrestleMania, there'd be a, a European tour that they would go on. And this particular year, they kind of wanted Hulk Hogan to be the champion on the European tour. But he dropped the title before he even was that. So it was just right. kind of weird of how that all worked out. So, but you know. Plus, he'd be gone a year later, right? Yeah, pretty much. Or less uh, than a year later. I think even less. I think he was just almost pretty much gone less. after that. Well, yeah. he, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It pretty much was gone pretty much right after that because, you know, Hulk Hogan at that WrestleMania, he teamed with, um, um, uh, what's his name? Brutus the Barber Beefcake. The face, mm-hmm. um, Money Incorporated, which is IRS and Million Dollar Man for the tag titles. 
So he was in that program, and then they just shipped him to the world title program. But, you know, there's, you know, 93 was just a really weird, like, transitional year. You know, it was like, we're still in the old 80s era, but we're transitioning into trying to push some of the newer guys. So, and it was also, too, it was about to be, you know, it was about to be that Vince McMahon steroid trial, too, is about to happen during this particular part of the 90s as well. So, there's just a whole lot of stuff happening in the 90s. The 90s is a way crazier era. To me, it's a way crazier era of pro wrestling than even the 80s were. Like, there's, like, so much stuff going on almost every year. It's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty nuts, especially once uh, the Monday Night War started and all that. And maybe we'll get to, on another Lights Out episode, we'll talk about more about that. But there was some crazy shit going on with all that, too. Yep, yep. There's all kinds of fucking chair shots. We got some tacks on the floor. We're fucking, we're going crazy over here at this Lights Out episode. But... Let's get into the meat of the story. Let's get into the to Leprechaun. The first oh, ever yeah. Leprechaun, 1993. The luck of the Irish is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota whose luck may have just run out. You ready for this? We're finally out of the 80s, everybody. All right, we're talking about a 90s movie, and boy, like, so quick thoughts on this Leprechaun movie. I have a a, a soft spot for this movie. So, it's no joke. You know, 90s is probably my era, because obviously I was a kid during the 90s. In the 80s, I was only like a baby. You know, during the 90s, a little older, I could experience more stuff. This was actually one of the first ever horror movies I saw as a kid. Can you believe it? Leprechaun, and I think I, we talked about I talked about this before on some other shows, but I'll talk about it here because this is a new show. My first, um, my first uh, uh, seeing horror movies for the first time was by watching this old channel called UPN, and they would have kind of like how the AMC has nowadays, where they would show month uh, like a month long marathon of a bunch of hor- different horror movies, and you yeah, could just watch right. them all the time. You know, uh, the UPN channel had this. And I was clicking on there one day. I was like, okay, I'll just watch a couple, you know, just to see what they're like. And I remember watching this one, and I was just like, I was so in, in like, I was, uh, 
as a kid, I liked it so much, like this this Leprechaun movie. And then um, I don't know why. Like, <laughs> you know, it kind of reminded me of a little bit. So, like, I was a big fan of, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. Yeah, okay. All like, right, sure, sure. when I was watching this again, it kind of reminded me of, like, an adult version of that in a way. You know I mean, like the way it's formatted, you know, there's a kid in there being annoying. There's like this like 90s music that's like not scary, but it's like almost like, you know, welcoming in a, in a way. You know, we got a fucking character, leprechaun guy. He was kind of scary, I guess, you know, but for a kid, you could see a kid watching this movie almost. You know what I mean? That's what I thought about it. Yeah, I mean, it's you can definitely tell that it's supposed to be a comedy. Like it's not unintentionally funny. Yeah, I mean it's it's very much intentionally funny. Um, my background in this movie—I I had never seen this movie before. It's your before first time. I, this is my first time watching it. Wow! I have never wanted to see this movie, and many times I've refused <laughs> to watch this movie. And I thought I was going to be able to go my whole life without watching it, but nope. then this movie, this show came along. Then so we came around, it. brother. The lights out have taken you to see what happened was, John. You were doing normal matches, getting your ranking up. And then guess what? I challenged you to a lights out match, and that's why we got this show. Right? And that's why we got this show. Exactly. We had to settle this grudge. We had to settle and trust me, it is it, it it is there is nothing settled though because we will one day do another lights out show, and I'm gonna pick something that you're gonna fucking hate. Ooh, you're gonna challenge I'm me. I'm gonna find some oh. French art horror film that's four hours long. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Please don't have a lot of dialogue that I actually have to write down. It'll all be in French. Bro, oh god, god, they gotta read this shit. I'm just like fucking. You know what? Like sometimes, I, because you know I take a lot of notes in this, and sometimes it's like, oh fuck, like just just slow it down. The dialogue, please, guys, come on now. All right, one thing at a time. All right, well, let's get into it though, because there's a lot let's to talk get it about. Started. So, right, well, quick thing though, like, <laughs> so I remember watching this movie, and I didn't realize when I was watching it as a kid, I had so many sequels. And, like, literally, like, I think I saw, like, three of them back-to-back in one day of this Levercon movie. <laughs> I can't believe it. And then now that I'm watching, I was like, man, I really watch, I, love, I really like this as a kid. Nowadays, I'm not sure about it, but it had a good parts to it. But So we meet, when we open up the, the movie, we meet the Leprechaun, all right? And apparently, this Leprechaun has a name, which I just heard him say Leprechaun during the whole fucking movie. I didn't realize the accent. Maybe it's, like, later on he gets a name. But it's... Ladan. Okay. Yeah, Ladan. I was like, what the fuck? Ladan the Leprechaun. Very good. I was like, what? Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's played by uh, Warwick Davis. Yep. And he... Who played... Go ahead. I was going to say, he played Wicked the Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Yep. Exactly. He's also in Harry Potter's films as well, too. So he was in Time Bandits. Time, yep. So he's been in a lot of stuff, and he... He, he was, you know, as far as the character, I mean, he played this leprechaun really well. Like, he did, I thought he did a great job. I thought the actual leprechaun himself, you know, I mean, you talk about, like, I mean, you talk about stereotypes, though. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys, now. There's so lots of, ra- lots of Irish stereotypes in this. Yes. So he's, uh, we have the leprechaun here. He's counting his gold. All right. Mm-hmm. And we have, this is also too, when we jump ahead, then we see this old guy. And this old guy is named, um, 
Dan O'Grandy. Okay, Damn. and then, yeah. Yeah, boy. Dan O'Grandy, and they're going into like this house. And I'm not sure if they just bought the house or they're just like visiting this house, but it, basically he, he's bringing his wife to this house. This guy's like, you know, he's super Irish, you know. And he's basically just saying, like, the wife's like, hey, you know, why, how can we afford this? You know, you know, what are we doing here? And, like, why do we have this personal, you know, taxi bringing us here? And Dan's like, oh, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're rich now. We're rich now. So he's bringing it in there. And he drops off all the stuff. And he's just reassuring his wife during this whole time that, hey, you know, everything's going to be fine now. We're actually rich now. So we can start living a better life. All right. And then during this, she actually hears um, like some noises, like some like kids' noises coming out of this little suitcase thing, and boom, that's when it pops up the leprechaun guy, and he's yeah. all fucking just be like, "Where's me gold?" and shit. <laughs> where where is me gold? <laughs> where's me yes. gold? And he's going on to her, and she didn't know she doesn't know what to think. She's like, "What the fuck's going on here?" And eventually. The leprechaun gets her so wild up that she falls down the stairs. So there goes Mrs. O'Grandy. She is gone. She is gone. She has been lights out, brother. She has been. She, all right. She's been pinned one two three. Okay. <laughs> she's been. She didn't kick out of that. Yes, and that was a bump too. Did you see that bump? Boom, boom, yeah, boom down the stairs. Down the yep. Shit. Shit. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> we don't play around. The lights out. Okay. We don't play around over here. We get the big bumps. So during this. Um, this is when uh, uh, Dan, uh, Grandy, is asking for his wife and stuff, and eventually hears her, but it's actually the leprechaun playing a trick because the leprechaun's saying, where's me go? Where's it at? And then he, then Dan's like, you, you fell to me all back from Ireland. I knew should have killed you. What did you do with me, wife? And then, like, they go on. They scuffle with each other a little bit, and then he's eventually like, I, you know, I killed her wife. I went to gold and everything. They eventually scruffle down to the basement. Eventually... The leprechaun, you know, tries to attack Dan, but Dan, he knows the secrets. So Dan O'Grandy, he knows the secrets to the leprechaun monster. And and Viking Santa, a.k.a. Allison, do you know what the mm. secret to a leprechaun is? Um, you, um, you have to steal his gold. Well, no, no, you steal his gold, you piss him off when you steal his gold. Oh, right. How do you defeat a leprechaun? Um, it's a wrestling move, kind of. Uh, I didn't know that would be a pop quiz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pop quiz um, during you, here, brother. Uh, it's a four-leaf clover. In, yeah. Oh, right. Yes, the four-leaf clover. I forgot that was a plot yes. point. Yes. Of the of so the so-called movie. Yes, the four-leaf <laughs> clover. Of course. Yes. Of how course. do you defeat? Of course. How do you defeat an Irish? A uh, leprechaun demon monster. Well, of course, you don't give him a Guinness. No, you give him a fucking four-leaf clover. Okay? Of course. So, that's, so he shoots him a bunch of times and eventually he locks him into a box. All right? He, state, he fucking nails the box and he puts a clover over there. And then, like, somehow all this was too much for, for old Grandy's heart. So he had a stroke before he can light the box on fire and get rid of this, this uh, leprechaun for good. All right? So now it is 10 years later. All right. Yes. So now we skip 10 years in the future. Yes. After the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yes. It's now <laughs> 10 years later now. We have Tori, which is played by none other than Jennifer Aniston, which is crazy. Yeah, this, is the most, this is the most famous movie she ever made, right? 
Probably because the only thing she's known for is friends, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know if she's uh well I mean, you know, this is what she's you know, she's most known for this, I think. This is uh I think this was the pinnacle of her career was the leprechaun movie, right? I don't know if she I don't know if she did much after this. Yeah. I mean I no. <laughs> <laughs> she probably did a lot of stuff, most of the stuff I didn't see. But she probably did, yeah, yeah. That is funny. That this was her um her screen debut. Mm-hmm. Was this. And I actually thought she did a pretty good job. You know, I could tell, like, you know, why she became pretty famous. You know, she just yeah, had the you... look to herself. Like, she had this innocent look. You know, obviously she looked good during the movie. Uh, her acting wasn't too bad. She could play, like... Yeah, you could tell, like, she just, we had something there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you can tell <clears throat> she's trying to deliver this dialogue the best she can. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought she did pretty good. Like, she was very natural. Like, you know, sometimes you get a lot of, like, new actors or new actresses like we see in these movies. You know, sometimes, like, you know, they, they deliver their lines good. They do a good job, but they don't feel natural. You know, I thought I thought she actually played a very natural style character. So. But uh, we have her, and then we have her dad, which was Joe. All right? And then they have now moved into the old uh, old granny estate. All right? And so our girl Tori over here, she is a city girl. All right, she doesn't like the country. She doesn't like the spider webs. She doesn't like the dirt. She is what we call a city girl, and she doesn't like all like the uh, the, the messiness of this house. So she wants to go book herself a hotel, and she wants to get out of this freaking town, whatever the town they're in. And then when she gets out there, so there's one thing that can turn a a city girl. And make her want to stay in a country town. And that's none other than a 1993 heartthrob. Our boy Nathan. Nathan. Over here. The painter. Alright. I mean, who did he ever beat? Um, Well, no one in this movie. (laughs) Nathan Murphy. That's his name. And he was the... I guess he's like painting... All the houses, or like one houses or something, but he was painting the house or painting the fence, and they run into each other, right? And it, and then the at, yeah. at first, like she runs into him, and paint spills on him, and she wants to pay him off, and he's all like, "What the hell are you trying to do? But you don't pay me off." And then eventually, he goes on, starts making fun of her a little bit for being scared of like spiderwebs and houses, and eventually she's like, "No, I'm not scared of spiderwebs and houses." So we can see like they're kind of flirting a little bit. The dad comes out. He's like, fucking, I got this crazy daughter. I got to do whatever she says. Hey, we can leave out of here. And eventually she's like, no, we're going to stay. And, and then they eventually they eventually smile at each other. And then they're staying at the house now. So we're establishing all the characters over here on Lights Out. So we have now we have Ozzy and we have Alex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alex is a 90s teenager, and you can, boy, could you tell, all right? He ain't like that fucking kid that we had in fucking Pumpkinhead all nice and shit. No, this guy's an asshole, all right? So he's definitely a 90s kid. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, 90s stereotypes in this. Yeah. For sure. And then we have Ozzy over here. He's basically just an idiot, but he's a very lovable idiot kind of guy. Yeah, like how they keep, Alex keeps saying that they're trying to raise enough money to fix his brain. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that part. So, like, so Ozzy, they they basically help out Nathan, and they they paint houses. That's their jobs. 
And then, of course, um, you know, we can see the relationship between Al uh, Alex and Ozzy. And they're pretty much friends and everything. And they always make fun of each other. Alright, so basically, then we see this. We actually see um, Tori. She's walking down to that basement. And she has some drinks in her hand. And she was going to give some Kool-Aid over to Nathan. But she, Nathan drops something on her. She spills it all over the box that the leprechaun's in. He wakes up. And they eventually leave and because they hear some screaming. The screaming is our boy Oz. He has some blue paint on him. Allison, have you had blue paint on you before? Yep. Yeah, I have, actually. Hard to get off it is. Yeah, he was pissed, bro. This Ozzy was like, I, fuck it. I didn't sign up for this shit, brother. <laughs> no, nah, he didn't say it like that, but that'd be funny if he did. Now he's like, oh, he got blue paint on me. Oh, yeah. And Tori's like, oh, just go wash it off. He goes, wash off all this paint. Then eventually hears like a little girl sound. Kind of like the one we heard earlier. And eventually mm -hmm. he goes downstairs. He opens up the box. And out comes our boy Leprechaun. And the fucking Leprechaun was all like, he's like, where's me gold? And he's like, I don't know where the gold's at. He's like, you better tell me where the gold's at. Oh, first of all, your shoe. It's all dirty. <laughs> How did you like that? Like... <laughs> That was a that was a really interesting plot point. Yes, about where, him. I don't know where that comes from. Where he has to, he's compelled to like. Clean is that the like shoes. a? Okay, you know, I know we're doing like folk horror and everything, but it's like the leprechaun. Is that like part of the leprechaun's things? Like, ah, he has to be ADD about fucking shoes. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think so, but I don't know. Maybe it is. Like I knew about maybe, the gold maybe. thing with leprechauns. You know what I mean? Like they all freak out about their gold and shit. But shining shoes, like where the fuck did that come from? Like this, this, yeah, this fucking leprechaun, you had to have clean shoes or he would freak out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, um, I don't, I don't, I think that that's something that's probably made up. Yeah. Well, my, um, my favorite part was, hey, if you don't give me my go, I'm going to bite your ear off. Yeah, that was great. That's pretty accurate, probably. Yeah. And then, of course, Ozzy freaks out and he runs and. He eventually escapes from the leprechaun because the leprechaun doesn't have enough powers right now because he doesn't have all the gold near him. So in order for him to have all his magical powers, he has to have gold there. You know, kind of like, you know, kind of like Popeye and spinach. You know what I mean? Kind of like Steve mm -hmm. Austin and beer. You know what I mean? Makes exactly. sense. Yeah. So Ozzy goes outside. He's like, oh, there's a fucking leprechaun in the basement and everything. And everybody's not believing him. So they go down to the basement and eventually there is no leprechaun, they're just a rat. Not not like a rat, but a rat, but an actual rat, a mouse. And then they start like, oh, you know, you're just seeing shit. And then they eventually go outside. And then it just so happens that there's a fucking rainbow outside now. <laughs> We're just doing all the stereotypes over here, brother. We got the gold, we got the rainbow, we got this leprechaun signing some shoes. It's great. So Ozzy and Alex eventually go to the end of the rainbow. Tell me if you've ever heard this one before. They go there and they find some gold. Alright? And then my, my, my favorite part is when are like, oh yeah, let me see if it's real. They start biting it and everything. And then eventually, boy Oz, he swallows one of the gold coins. And he does. He swallows the gold coin because he's an idiot. Yes. yes. As, we've, as we've established. Yes. And then, uh, Alex, this is when he's going like, hey... We got to go hide this gold because we can't tell the grown-ups because they'll want to take it from us. So he wants to be a little brat, a little 90s brat kid, and hide some shit that he shouldn't be hiding. All right? And then this motherfucker, like, 
I don't know where this came from, okay? But this fucking kid, like, what an asshole. Actually, you know, the real villain in this movie was actually this fucking kid. You know why? Because he, this is what he said. He's like, listen, man, I got this gold right now. You know what we're going to do with this gold? We're going to fucking get you some surgery, man, because you're a fucking idiot. And everybody <laughs> thinks you're a fucking idiot, all right? They, oh, oh, they do? Yeah, they think you're a fucking idiot. You know why you're a fucking idiot? Because you're dumb. You're a dumb piece of shit. Okay, you well, asshole. This is what he was saying. I thought he, I thought he said it a little bit, um, a little bit more caring than that. Don't they talk about how he's like, we're trying to raise enough money to fix your brain or something like that? Yeah, like bro. he doesn't. Yeah, be fucking asshole. Okay, I, I'm kid, This kid pissed me off. I was like, bro, you're the only person talking shit about this guy was this guy in the movie. I didn't see anybody else talk shit about Ozzy. Did you? I well, didn't see him. No, that's true. That's that. That is true. Yeah. I, I just took it as like. Yeah. He's Ozzy's best friend, and yeah. it's like, it's just like ribbing Ozzy or something. Yeah, but you know, also, kind of too, the kid also gave him false hope, too. Because he eventually spills the beans, like, yeah, I'll just fucking lie to this guy. I'll just tell him shit to believe. And oh, that like, shit was sad. Like, yeah. when he's like, um, he's like, yeah, we're trying to raise money to fix Ozzy's brain. Yeah. And um, and then the other guy's like, it was Tori. Um, Tori's like, yeah, Tori, you can't yeah, do Tori that. says you can't, you can't do brain. that. Yeah. And, and he's like, um, and he's like, yeah, but Ozzy doesn't know that. Yeah. Because then I took that completely different though. I took that as like, uh, he's trying to give Ozzy hope that if they work hard enough, they can make enough money that he can have surgery to make Ozzy smart. I think the or kid was a fucking idiot, asshole. But... That's what I think. All right. This lights out, brother. I don't give a fuck on this show. All right. <laughs> Screw this fucking kid. All right. What a dick. All right. So anyway, they go hide the gold in the well. It's the old well. You ever heard that one before? All right. I was about to say another stereotype. Yes, this is when we get we get some more tension between Nathan and uh, Tori, which is weird though because I don't think they like kissed or did anything in this movie, did they? Like that's very no, rare. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of confused as to how the, where their relationship came from because yeah. they kind of act like they knew each other before, but but then they act like they met for the first time and that. Well, first they scene, did meet. So they yeah. Well, I, well, the problem is like they had like a lot of like. They seemed like they were kind of flirting with each other, but like they didn't go anywhere. Like, right. okay, right? Because she's like, um, because she won't eat any of the food. Yeah, you know, because she only eats like I don't know, veg- vegetarian. Yeah, she's one of them city Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. But she's like a stereotypical girl that it's like a lot, like what a lot of people were into, like in the early '90s, where like everybody, everything was like all about the environment and vegetarianism was big again. And like, so she won't eat anything that's like, you know, that has meat in it or anything. Well, it sounds uh, like nowadays, <laughs> Allison, okay. Well, that's a, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a similar thing again now, but yeah, it was like, that's what a lot of people were like that. But anyway, they're painting stuff and eventually they run out of red paint. And then she's like, I'll go get it from the truck. And then eventually our boy leprechaun starts touching her leg and she's like oh from oh is that you nathan under the truck yeah from under the truck and eventually looks over she sees nathan she's like what the fuck and then that thing scratches her and she freaks out all right and then we get one of my favorite lines in the movie she's like freaking out eventually the dad comes over there joe and nathan and and they're like well what's going on what's happening she's like he's like i don't know what's going on i thought you she's pointing to nathan i thought you were uh, rubbing my leg he was all like and you let me <laughs> yes. Yeah, you motherfucker. That's what she just said. 
fucking he Nathan, he was ready to go. He's like, listen, I didn't fucking work out. I didn't fucking shave to not be in this fucking movie. Okay, I'm I'm ready to go. All right, where's my scene at? And the other yeah, guy's like, this is Jennifer Aniston. We're all you know, everybody's ready for that, right? Yeah, but she's like, this is not my contract, so don't, no, it ain't happening. <laughs> and then another funny line where she was all like, it scratched me and stuff, and it was caressing my leg. She's like, oh, maybe it was like a fucking cat or something like that. She's like, no, it wasn't. I know what men, I know what it feels like when men caress my leg. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What the hell's going on? And then eventually they, they figure, like, they hear a cat noise. The dad does. He's like, oh, that's what it was. It was just a cat scratching your leg. And then they find the cat in the tree. He goes and digs for the cat in the tree and they fucking bites the shit out of him. But it wasn't a cat. It was our boy Leprechaun with his fucking noises. And yep. then they basically take him. They take him to the hospital. And did, did you see what the the, the the company of Nathan, Ozzy, and Alex was called? Check out this clever name. Do you want to hear this clever name? I'm ready. Okay, see, see if you can uh, trademark this one on GoDaddy and see how much money you'll get back on it. Maybe you have a grand website. It's called the most creative name for painters I've ever heard in my life. It's called Three Guys That Paint. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't remember that but yeah, the other company's called three guys that paint yeah. come on come on guys let's, let's let's pump let's be a little more creative over here all right can we not have the painters or like three dudes with attitudes or something come on now extreme painting extreme painting come on let's dude, let's pu- let's get it let's get in more 90s here guys so this is when we see the truck it's not working so Alex, Alex apparently is the, the handyman. This fucking kid is the handyman fixing the truck. And this is also too when we see the the, lep- the leprechaun. He's like running off in the sunset as well. So they drop the the dad off at the hospital. All right, and then Nathan's like, "Hey, Ozzy and Alex, we're gonna meet you guys at this restaurant. We're gonna go make sure her dad's okay." They're like, "Sure," because Ozzy and Alex have a plan. So they go to a coin. Uh, what do you call that? Make sure it's shit's real. I thought it was like a pawn shop. Oh, it could be a pawn shop. Well, actually, no. Well, it, okay. I guess it was a pawn shop, but I think it it looked like it was a pawn shop for like rare items. All right. Yeah. But, well, I mean, some pawn shops have rare items. If you you know, they would buy a rare item. I thought it was a pawn shop because he had tricycles and stuff in there too. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway. so they go get the coin appraised. That's what I was thinking about earlier. And mm-hmm. they're trying to see if, if it's real, if it's worth any value. The The shop owner's like, listen, I've never seen this one before. Can I keep it overnight? And then I'll let you guys know. And at first they were kind of weird about it, but then they're like, sure, keep it overnight. Because he needed to do more research about it. Mm-hmm. So they go leave. Shop owner's in there. He goes to, to his magical, really big book with dust on it to open it up to see what coin this was. Yes. And then while he's doing that, he hears that little bicycle sound. That little... It's got, it's kind of like those old school like bicycle horns, mm-hmm. like a beep thing. Yeah, and he's looking around. Eventually, he's like opening up the safe. He's trying to, but the bike hits him. Looks around some more, opens up the safe, and bam! Our leprechaun is there. He's all like, "It's not a good idea for the store owners to steal me gold. <laughs> it's bad when you steal me gold." All right, and then can't get over that. Yeah. <laughs> And then eventually, fucking the store was like, "What the hell's going on over here?" And then he's all like, you know, he grabs his gold from him and stuff. And then eventually, Pogo sticks him to death. 
Although that yes. part was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Death oh by pogo God. stick. Death Allison. by pogo stick. Right. So he uh so he like pogo pogo sticks him to death. Yeah, bro, we don't play around lights out, okay? We no. get you get hurt and destroyed. We got a fucking fallen stairs and a pogo stick. We ain't playing around this episode. All right. We're going all out. <laughs> Eventually he's looking around, the leprechaun is, and he sees like this like go-kart. And he's all like, Oh goody, it's the luck of the Irish. <laughs> of course it is. So this is when we're at the restaurant now. This is when we have Nathan and Tori. Um, Tori's wondering about Ozzy and Alex not being there. And then this is when she's talking about like, um, you know, like she's not super, doesn't know she wants to stay around town and be around here. And then when we see this, we actually see the leprechaun driving in his little car. And this is when he eventually gets pulled over by the cop. Uh-huh. And his, go, his little go-kart, yeah. yeah his little but, go-kart. But is it, it's established, well, okay, maybe he doesn't have the goal yet. Maybe that's why I was about to say, isn't it established later that he can kind of teleport? Yes, but he, he only has one. Place. He only has one gold coin right now, so he has. Right, so he doesn't really have powers. Yes, right. he has ninety-nine more gold coins to go. <laughs> okay, it's called build-up there. Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so he eventually gets uh, pulled over by this police guy. All right, and the police guy was like, "The hell are you doing? Are you too young to be out here late?" And the Leprechaun's like, "I'm fucking six hundred years old, man." <laughs> so, it, I, I did and then he tells him to take off his mask yeah take off his mask yeah so i did at first think i popped for the 600 years old one right like i thought this i thought this scene was ridiculous but then the more i thought about it yeah so what would you do i mean if you were a cop yeah and you thought there was a kid with a in a go-kart riding down the road and you pull him over and he stops like what would your reaction be i mean probably like this you guy know? like he made a yeah. pretty honest reaction i was like listen kid like are you supposed to be late out here yeah i mean i think it's a pretty honest reaction yeah. i thought it was ridiculous at first but then i'm like well how else would you react to this yeah and then eventually like the leprechaun grabs his face and like scratches the fuck out of it and yeah it's like, almost like he could kind of burn their faces when he grabbed them or something yeah and this, this is when we have uh, Tori and Nathan. This is when they're eating. This is when she's refusing to eat the meatloaf because she's a veggie lover. Right. So the police, and then she says she doesn't kill live things, yes. but plants are live things. So yeah. Well, anyway. he brings up her shoe, her Adidas shoe right. that was killed by like a what did it say like a, a cow or a pig? Yeah, it's leather. She, yeah. yeah, she doesn't kill live things, living things, but yeah. but but she has leather shoes. Yeah, you know, those are nice shoes too. Anyway. Mm. So the police guy is running, runs away from our boy Leprechaun, all right? And then Leprechaun's eventually like, oh, you want to play hide-and-seek? So he starts playing hide-and-seek with the, the, the cop, um, and the cop's, like, freaking out. He's, like, trying to shoot him and everything and just not working out. And he eventually thinks he got rid of our boy Leprechaun, so he takes a deep breath when he, like, gets worn out by this tree, and eventually not. Leprechaun grabs him and twists his neck, and kills our police officer guy. So he's gone. But it's weird though, because he didn't even have any of his gold coins. So maybe maybe because it was just in his way. Yeah, it was just a, it was just another kill for the leprechaun, I think, in this case. But yeah. So after we get the more scenes of Tori and Nathan not uh, agreeing on eating meatloaf, this is eventually when Alex and Ozzy get back and then they leave. This is also too when we have the leprechaun. He is now in the house and he is looking for the gold coins in where everybody has been saying the old old Grandy's house. 
And this is when we see him see the Lucky Charms cereal box. He I like when he takes a bite of it and he throws it out because he thinks it tastes nasty. Have you ever had Lucky Charms there, John? Yeah, man, I love Lucky Charms. I think it's okay. It's not my favorite cereal. Well, it's not my favorite cereal, but I do like Lucky. Charms. I don't think I even liked them when I was a kid. Like I think I was like one of my. I don't know. I just, it was okay because it had that little marshmallow. You know, flavor yeah, the marshmallow part parts are good. Like the marshmallows are good, but the the cereal part is kind of kind of bland because it's yeah. not really it's like flavorless almost. But it's like it's like a worse version of the. Uh, so it's made by General Mills, but it's a worse version of the Monster cereals. Have you ever had those? Those are the best. My favorite. Cereals. Yeah, yeah, like those are the best one. Frankenberry. Yeah, yeah, and because they're fruit flavored and they have uh, marshmallows as well. Well, it is kind of so. funny. That the director, Mark Jones, did get inspiration for this movie from eating the Lucky Charms cereal. He would just think it was going to be... doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because he thought it would be a great idea for a horror movie villain for being like this particular leprechaun. And he actually took a lot of... Um, he also took a lot of um, inspiration from the movie Critters as well. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, because of the smaller villains that were in there. Yeah, so Critters is a much better movie than this. But. I don't know, man. This one right here. This one had fucking five sequels. All right? It did, it did have five we sequels. We have fucking so Leprechaun so. in the hood. We should have done that one. Yeah. And Leprechaun in space. <laughs> yeah, Leprechaun in space, brother. But we got every... I, that, okay, I might have to, we might have to come back here. Oh, God. Maybe next year. Maybe some... But we had to do <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood because that looks fantastic. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, we'll we'll see. And I don't know if we'll I've seen see. that one, so I'm pretty excited. And you know what's funny too, like bringing this back to the wrestling. You know, Leprechaun Origins was made by WWE Pictures, which is really funny. It had Hornswoggle in it. I was gonna say, did it have Hornswoggle in yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it all comes together, brother. It all comes together. Anyway, so <laughs> the part that popped me during this scene was like he's like going through everything, going through the cereal box and everything, and then he eventually looks like. Oh, shit. You know, I'm trying to find my fucking gold here, but there's the fucking shoes are so nasty. <laughs> so he fucking takes all these I shoes and he keeps, like, shining them all up. He, like, gets, like, uh, every shoe in the house. He's like, fucking, okay, I got to find this gold, but these fucking shoes, man, that's top priority, okay? I got to find them. And he fucking gets all the shoes on the table and just shines them up really nice. I was like, this whole shoe thing, it just, like, totally threw me off. I was just like, what's going on here? It's a plot point leading up to the climax of the movie. Yep. He also looks at himself in the mirror too, which is pretty funny. So they all get home now. They notice that the house is all of a mess. And then um, Nathan was like, hey, well, you know, sometimes bears come down here and start ruining up everything. Thanks, Nathan. And then, of course, Ozzy's like, well, you think a a leprechaun might have done this? Because um, uh, Tori was noticing, like, man, these shoes are very shiny. And then he's all like, don't leprechauns shine shoes? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. Who who knows that? Who the fuck knows that? Do they? Who knows that? Right. Is that that's like a how is that a fact that this guy has? Unless unless my unless my mind is blown right now on this podcast or something. Maybe all the all the all of our listeners out there, yeah, you fucking marks. You didn't know fucking fucking uh, leprechauns shine a bunch of shoes. Yeah, you dumb asses. Well, no, I didn't. Okay. to show me where where did this come from? Okay? Is this some sort of new it's something that's a 1993 uh, uh, fact or something I'm not sure about. But anyway. Oh, there's somebody that knows. Yeah. When, when this goes up, there'll be somebody like, well, why didn't you know that 
leprechauns, blah, blah, blah. There'll yeah. be somebody that knows. Stein shoes? Like, where the fuck did this come from? Anyway, it's, you know, it's probably not a leprechaun thing. It's probably just this particular character. Maybe he was like a shoe shiner in his past life. I think he said that, but still, it doesn't really make sense. Anyway, let's go. So, they're looking at all this stuff, and so Nathan has the idea of going outside to make sure it wasn't a bear around the property, okay? So, he goes outside. He has a shotgun with them, and eventually, he's walking, walking, and bam, he gets caught by a bear trap, and that's when the leprechaun shows up, of course, with the saying, where's me gold, okay? Yep. And he's attacking Nathan, and... I don't know what happened over here. I don't know if the stunt coordinator was like off for the day or something, but they come out here. We have Ozzy, we have Tori, and we have Alex, and they are giving the lightest. These are like some sort of Hulk Hogan chair shots. Okay. They're like the lightest shots I've ever seen somebody hit somebody with before. I mean, my God. Well, <laughs> yeah. My question would be, do you think this movie really had a stunt coordinator? Oh, yeah. Good question. <laughs> But yeah, so they're they're barely hitting the leprechaun with these sticks. Yeah, and the leprechaun just like he's, he's kind of selling it. <laughs> and then like of course you know I thought the you know we got the his leg out in the bear trap. They eventually get his leg out of there. They're like kind of wondering what the hell this thing is. So after they uh, they attack the thing, they do, they they go back into the the house. So during this, Ozzy is trying to call the police all right so he calls the police and he's all like hey police like let me see if i can let me see if i can do my aussie emergency emergency police we have we have uh, craziness going on on this farm we have send the army uh send send the coast guard send send the send the u.s air force come over right now we have a leprechaun attacking us in this farm that's basically what he's doing. And then, of course, the cops are like, oh, boy, here we go. This Ozzy guy, he's doing this shit again. What is it this time? Leprechaun. And the guy was like, leprechaun. Very clever. And, of course, when they're out there, um, so uh, uh, Ozzy takes Alex away. Tori gets Nathan free from the thing. And, and this is when Nathan, like, shoots the leprechaun, like, six times with a shotgun. All right? And then this is when Nathan was like, that wasn't no fucking bear. <laughs> no. And then Ozzy's like, hey, I tried to call the police everything. And then Tori was like, oh, fuck, you didn't tell him it was a leprechaun, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and then she tries to call back, but the phone line's dead. Right. And then this is like when um, uh, they're trying to like patch up. Uh, they're trying to patch up Nathan. And the, like, Tori's like, oh, hey, yes. hey, Alex, can you help me out with this? And, he's, and, the, and aren't you like a Boy Scout? He's like, I'm a Cub Scout. I'm like, fuck, okay. And she's like, close enough. Uh, close enough, yeah. So they, they try to stop the bleeding. And basically, they're, they're trying to take um, Nathan to the hospital right now to fix his leg. And then, and then Nathan's like, listen, I put, six, I, I put six rounds in that thing. All right, so they try to put Nathan in the hospital. The truck, the truck's not starting, of course. Alex has to go to try to fix it. And, of course, when he pops up in the hood, the leprechaun attacks he breaks the window, um, and then eventually breaks into the. <laughs> he breaks in to the to the to the window, and he actually bites Ozzy's ear. So there we go. This movie's already paying off a storyline from earlier. How you like that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is. movie has paid off more storylines than the WWE does. Well, that's uh, for sure. 
So eventually, like, the, the, the leprechaun disappears, and they're about to go out, but then he brings out his ultimate go-kart. And he eventually fucking smashes over this truck, and he just flips the truck. Like, this fucking go-kart, man, like, it's like a tank or something. Yeah, this thing was great. Yeah, so he fucking flips over the car. He goes to the car, but then everybody gets out of the, the truck fine, dandy. They're just hiding from him. And of course, you know, they're the whole time is like, where's me gold? During the whole movie. Uh, so then they get, they then she get herself back inside the house. And then Tori's using her, her, her cell phone. Did you see this thing? That fucking red, huge cell phone? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a 1993 cell phone, man. Yeah, man. They look great. Like they're making colors back in the day. It's probably an app. Oh, yeah. So she's like saying something. Hey, we need somebody over here. We're getting attacked in this farm. And eventually they talk to the sheriff. And the sheriff is telling. He basically calls up the cop from earlier. And it was all like, hey, I need you to go by the old Grandy's farm. Make sure everybody's doing okay over there. And of course we hear a voice. And it's actually the leprechaun pretending to be the cop. Saying, I'll go check it out and everything will be fine. So this is when Ozzy is basically saying, that's a fucking leprechaun, guys. And Tori's like, no, it's not a leprechaun. <laughs> You're not right. This is not happening. All right? right. All right? And then it's basically saying, like, so eventually Ozzy eventually spills the beans a little bit about the gold. All right? He spills the beans because he's like, oh, shit, you know, we found this gold in this car. And she's like, what car? What gold? What's going on over here? All right? And then eventually she, she grabs Alex. She makes Alex tell what's going on with this gold. And this is when our fucking boy Alex is all like, listen, I got I found this gold in this car. And we're going to use this gold to get Ozzy some brain surgery so he'll be smart. And this is when Alex <laughs> is like, Alex is like, you can't do that. He's like, yeah, I know that. But I'm actually a fucking he asshole. Doesn't. And like, I actually don't like this motherfucker. So I'm just going to like keep making fun of him. But I'm going to make him have false hope because I'm an asshole 90s kid. And I was like, fuck yeah. you, kid. Alright, you asshole. Alright. I wonder if I was like that when I was a kid, just some dick. Fucking ruin nineties kids for me. Anyway. So this is when um we have to get the gold from the well. Because Alex said the gold is in the well. Okay? So we have Nathan, he's out of commission because of his leg. Ozzy is getting bullied by a uh, fucking 16-year-old kid, so he can't do anything. The 16-year-old kid's an asshole. Or maybe he's like 14. Who knows? So the only person we have... We have Joe. He's still in the hospital. So we have Tori. She is now grown some, you know, grown some courage. And she will now take the shotgun. She will go to the well. And she will get the gold coins to present to the leprechaun to get him to go away. That is the plan. All right? So she goes outside with the shotgun. She goes to the well. This all happens like very easily. She goes up there, grabs the gold. Once she gets the gold, boom, leprechaun guy shows up. He's like, you got me gold there. And it's like, here, you can just have it. Have it. Have the gold and stuff. And then leprechaun's happy about having the gold. And then she's like, and then eventually like goes away. And then she goes back. She's like, hey, I think he took the gold and everything. We should bring Nathan to the hospital now. So now we have the leprechaun. He's counting his gold. All right? He wants to make sure it's all there. Smart man. I mean, he can't just take money and, you know, believe it's all there. You got to count that shit. You You got to count it. You got to count it one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. And then he's all like, he got up to 99. He's like, those motherfuckers. 
they didn't get me on my gold. They they still have me gold. <laughs> All right. So this is when he yeah yeah. So he goes no, back. No, go see, they he goes back to now attack them to get back his gold. Because if you remember, the last gold coin is in our boy Ozzy's stomach. Exactly. That's what I was going to bring up. He still has swallowed the the last coin. Yes. So they're in the house. They're about to leave, and then bam, Leprechaun shows up. He eventually like, burns his hand for some reason, and like he shows it to him. I guess he was gonna like use it to like attack him. So then this is when Nathan breaks free. He tries to shoot the leprechaun through a bunch of cabinets. It doesn't work. He, the leprechaun eventually grabs his dick for some reason, <laughs> and and then eventually there's a scuffle. And then the leprechaun comes down the chimney. He's all like, "I ain't Santa Claus." And then he gets shot by the shotgun. And then they think he's dead. Of course, he's not dead. He wakes up and he attacks him. And then this yes, is one, yeah, because now he, he has all his points. Right, he has all his power. He has almost all of his power. Yeah, almost all of his powers. Yes. And now he can mm-hmm. like summon things. So now he's summoning like a skateboard. Another '90s trip. So he's skateboarding mm-hmm. throughout the whole house, but they're trying to shoot him and stuff. And then eventually he goes underneath. He's making noise throughout the whole houses. Nathan puts his ear to the ground. He pops up, scares him shit. And then eventually, let's see. And then eventually the phone rings. All right. Because every time he would pop out and show up, he would disappear. So he kind of like does his teleporting during this part. And then eventually the phone rings. Tori goes up to it. He's like, hey, help you up. He's like, he's like, you got my recipe gold on here. How about a hand? So we had a hand coming out of the phone. So they're basically ripping off Nightmare on Elm Street without saying That's what I thought too. Yeah. So I saw that. I was like, oh, it's the Nightmare on Elm Street thing with the tongue. Yep. Except it's a little leprechaun hand. Yep, yep, yep. And then Torres like said, like, hey, we gave you all your gold and stuff. And Ozzy says, like, no, no, there is one lost coin. It's actually in my stomach. And then they're figuring out, like, okay, how are we going to get... We If we can't give the coin back to him because it's in your stomach, how are we supposed to beat this leprechaun? And then Ozzy's like, well, you know, that old guy, Grandy guy, he used to live here. He knew how... To, he probably knew. He was Irish. <laughs> he probably knew how to beat this leprechaun guy. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I was like, well, what happened to him? Well, you know, 10 years ago, he had a stroke for some reason. And then, you know, we had this house here with a bunch of spider webs and stuff. And, you know, maybe we can go see what he's up to. Maybe he'll figure it out for us. And they're like, you know what, Ozzy? That's a great idea. Let's go talk to him. So that's their plan. They're now they're going to go talk to the Grandy guy. But, of course, Tori is the one who's going to do it. All right? So they eventually, what they do, this is actually pretty clever. And I actually like this scene. Because this one, this scene was also pretty funny to me too. So they, it's, 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 um, I think it's Alex and, uh, Ozzy. No, it's, it's either Ozzy and, and Nathan or Alex and, and Nathan. I can't remember the, the pair, but they go, they go guide Tori to the car. And of course the leprechaun shows up and this actually was Nathan's idea. So he was there. And right when the leprechaun shows up, he's about to attack him. He fucking show, throws a bunch of shoes out in the dirt. <laughs> and then the leprechaun's all like, you motherfuckers. Damn it. I was going to 
fuck, I got this goat. Fuck, there's too many dirty shoes. I don't want to do myself. And he was like freaking out. Like, oh my God. I got to shine all the shoes. And he shines all the shoes one at a time so they can get away. I almost felt bad for this guy. He's like, come on, guys. Like, he always looked so sad when he had to sign the shoes. Did you notice that? Like, he always looked like he was like, fuck, I got to do this. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to sign these fuck. I don't want to shine these shoes, but I fucking have to. But I have to. (laughs) And now there's a bunch of them around. I was like, oh, damn it. There's too many of them. (laughs) Uh, That's how she got away. So they basically distracted him with shoes. I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, so this part was pretty funny too. So eventually, you know, when uh, when Tori was driving, eventually the leprechaun, I guess he shined up all the shoes and he was eventually following her. And then Tori, she gets to like this uh, center. It's called the Chill View Center. I guess it's like a retirement home maybe or when people have like, you know, incidents happen to them. And I like how there's there's the guard sleeping on duty, of course. And then mm. she looks at a paper, and then in big, bold letters, this paper said, room numbers. But, like, when you actually see the names on people, there was no room numbers. <laughs> I don't know if you know. No, that. like, I was kind of confused about this whole scene, because, like, how do they uh, how do they know he's there? Well, Ozzy told him, Ozzy told him, like, hey, this guy is at the center. Like, How does Ozzy know that? Because, he did tell them that, but how does he know that? Because... Our boy Ozzy, he knows all about the town, I guess. Or maybe they looked okay. him up in a newspaper. I have fucking no idea. I mean, I mean, he, he just picked this guy because he's Irish, so he must know about leprechauns, well, right? Well, yes. But, they, <laughs> <laughs> well, also, too, like, you know, they I guess he was figuring, they were figuring, okay, well, this is Dan O'Grandy's house. This leprechaun came from the guy's house. He has to know something about it. You know what I mean? So that's probably why they figured it out. Mm, okay maybe I'll, I'll go with that I'll go with that so eventually Tori finds his name with no room number I didn't see a fucking room number on there so eventually Tori is looking through the center uh, she gets star- She gets scared by a mop and bucket then she eventually goes into old granny's room she says like hey uh, you know like hey it's it's out it's out and it's, it's how do we stop it I need to know how to stop it she's like oh and he's like Oh, you want to know how to kill a leprechaun? He's like, yes. He's like, well, there's only one way to kill a leprechaun. And then he turn, and then she turns him around. It's actually leprechaun himself. It's swerved. He's actually dressed up as O'Grandy and he starts chasing her throughout the whole uh, center. And I yeah. like how I like how she's like I like how they're like chasing her out to this whole center. And there's like literally nobody on duty, like none. There's no nurses. There's only that one fucking cop that's sleeping. That's it at this place. So fucking these old people, fucking you're fucked at this place. You have an emergency, don't worry about it. Fuck it, yeah, exactly. Fuck it. Don't worry about it. It's don't called staffing it. issues. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so eventually, she shows up in the elevator to get away from the leprechaun, and then this is when old granny falls through the elevator. All right, and then he's all like, "He came back for me. I knew he'd come back for me. Fucking, I told everybody, but nobody believed me." And it's like. She's like, well, how do we kill it? How do we kill it? There's only one way to kill this leprechaun. You got to go into this clover patch that I randomly have in front of my house the whole time there. (laughs) You got to find a four-leaf clover. You know, because leprechauns hate four-leaf clovers. Just as much as they hate shoes. shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he said that, but he didn't say that. (laughs) I know, I know. Just as much as they hate shoes. (laughs) 
what if, what if there's like a, a shoe with a four leaf clover on it what happens then like uh, our boy that, would freak I mean, out like he would not know what to do like he he'd be like fuck come on guys why you guys gotta do this to me i gotta clean this fucking shoe but like this thing hurts me like can you can you do something about this like come on now wow yeah so eventually she now knows the secret so i guess like she now she's going back to the house to tell everybody the secret so she goes up and she actually goes to the clover patch and she's looking through a bunch of clovers and eventually the leprechaun shows up saying oh you know little girls like you shouldn't be going through clover patches to find these clovers that's bad and she eventually then eventually she runs away from leprechaun and she's running through the forest and everything she sees the comp car it's the dead comp it's the dead comp and but she uh she eventually gets into the car leprechaun attacks and eventually he she uses the nightstick on his eye and like fucks up his eye and then yep. after that he takes it off and then he like grabs the cop's eye and puts his eye into his eye and he said <laughs> eye for an eye yeah, that's not confusing at all. I like that? That's a pretty good review, though. <laughs> I don't play around here on the fucking Lights Out show, man. I know, I know. I get down to the dirty stuff. All right. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Okay. So they go back to the uh, the little field thing, the the clover field. No, not that movie. Not, not clover field, but the clover field. Right. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so they keep saying, like, you know, we need to find this fucking four-leaf clover. And, of course, Tori's like, how are we going to find this clover? It's like a miracle if we can find this thing I can't find. And Ozzy's like, you just got to believe. You just got mm-hmm. to gotta have faith that you'll find it. She's like, how am I going to have faith? This is not going to work. And eventually she grabs up some dirt, and, of course, she finds the four-leaf clover. So we have the four-leaf clover now, and Ozzy's all happy about that. Alex, he's going to search for a bear trap. And he's like talking to himself this whole time. All right. And then he eventually looks for it. And then they uh, they keep finding the. This is when the Tori, you know, she's freaking out about the grass and everything. And they eventually find the quoted clover. And then eventually Alex gets grabbed by the leprechaun. And he starts screaming. And then they all start going to the shed where he was at. And eventually they have a little bit of a scuffle with him. So they start fighting up the leprechaun. And eventually um, they get him outside near the well. And they're distracting him. And eventually Alex uses his uh, Dennis the Menace thing. What do you call that thing? Bow and arrow? Uh, no, a... Um... Slingshot. Slingshot, yes. Yeah. yeah. Puts a little fucking four-leaf cover in the slingshot. Mails it into his mouth. And then our boy, Leprechaun, starts saying fucking melting and shit. And then the fucking kid's like, says, fuck you, Lucky Charms. (laughs) (laughs) And then he starts fucking melting. And then he falls into the fucking well. We pour some fucking gasoline on his ass, light his ass on fire. All right. And, the, well, the biggest thing, too, I forgot to mention, was the reason that the leprechaun got distracted from hurting anybody is because Oz is like, hey, you want me this whole time? My, your gold is in my belly. And the leprechaun drops Alex, drops everything. He's like, well, we got to open up that belly, don't we? 
<laughs> and then that's when they distract him a little bit. That's when we melt his ass. We pour the fire on him. He blows up. Cool scene of him melting and everything. And then this is the morning time. All the cops show up and everything. And this is when we hear the leprechaun saying, Shall not... He does like a little rhyme. It's like, Shall not mess with me gold. Shall not, it's whoever messes with me gold shall not rest. And then there's something about a spell too. So it leaves room for a sequel. And it ends a masterpiece. And it ends our special here on St. Patrick's Day. Leprechaun. So this movie has taught me a lot of stuff, Allison. You know what it has taught me? It's taught you that leprechauns have to shine shoes. So yes. if you need to get away for one, just throw your shoe at him and he'll stop. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much like, you know, you know, you don't give him a Guinness. There that's not that's not that's leprechauns don't like Guinnesses. Mm-hmm. All right. They like shoes to be shine. All right. They like the gold. They like making puns. All right, and you got to make sure you got to keep the clovers away from them. All right, so that's what we, we have learned today on this episode of Lights Out. So, but yeah, there it is, everybody. Leprechaun. What did you think about wow. this movie overall, Allison? I hated it. I didn't like anything about this movie. <laughs> you I hated will it? Never Come watch on. This. I will never watch this movie again. Um, actually, I we mean, got I thought four, we got four more to go. What are you talking about? We're, no, no, there's no way. <laughs> No, we might do one more a year from now. In the hood, brother. <laughs> we might do Leprechaun in the hood a year from now. But no, we're not. I'm not doing the rest of these. Lights um, on, brother. They, um, Warwick Davis was pretty good as the Leprechaun. I mean, I think that guy is probably a really good actor. Yeah. You know, considering that he can act inside that Leprechaun yeah. costume and inside the Ewok costume. And he's pretty good. You know, it was pretty good. Um, I liked I liked Alex, I guess, a little kid, and that I liked dick? Ozzy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was as much of a dick as you as you think he was. Oh, there's a fucking asshole. Like this but guy maybe. probably grew up to be a dick. Uh huh. <laughs> fucking dick. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I thought you know, similar to you. Like I really liked um, the warlock. I liked his acting. Um, I also liked you know Nathan. Uh, I think his character was okay. You know, he didn't really do that much. And, of course, you know, like we said before, I said at the beginning, you know, Jennifer Aniston, she's like, I mean, you could tell right away, even with this movie, like, she was going to be, you know, a, maybe like a huge star, but definitely a really good actress for, like, mm-hmm. the, what she ended up doing for, like, Friends and everything, like, it's probably, like, was like, the perfect roles for her, you know. I don't know if she would ever been, like, a scream queen type of thing, but, you know, you could tell that there's ever some, you know, it's kind of like how Johnny Depp was, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we saw him in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and he was a pretty natural-style right. actor, too. And, of course, he did movies later on. You know, some of them were kind of based on horror movies, but, you know, mostly did, like, other-style big blockbuster and stuff. And, of course, with Jennifer, right. exactly. she did more like the uh, famous sitcom and, and, you know, a couple, like, normal like normal type of movies later on. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of really interesting when you see, like, you know, famous Hollywood actors, like, we talked about this before, like being in like a horror movie element is like different than what you kind of maybe saw them in first, you know? Or if you saw them in this movie, then you saw them in other stuff. It's kind of like you don't remember them being in the actual horror movie before. So, fun stuff. Absolutely. But everybody, that has been the first ever episode of Lights Out, brother. And I thought it was a damn doozy. I thought this one was a yeah. fun one. You know, we're out here to uh, give you guys a lot of content. This has been a a side piece of Retro Blood, a, a companion podcast of Retro Blood. So we'll be doing these, um, I'm not sure if we'll be doing one every month, 
but we'll we'll be doing these um, every so often. So you yeah. know something that kind of refreshes ours. It's not gonna have. This is probably not gonna air on our, our normal Sundays. We're still gonna have the main show, Retro Blood, um, mm-hmm. every Sunday. You know our main show, our main flagship show. But you know doing this side show is always gonna be pretty fun because you know, you know talking about the '80s, talking about everything. You know it's fun and everything, but it's always fun to explore other stuff too. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll be doing these and we'll also be doing this show too, also for like companion pieces. So there's a lot of movies that were made in the eighties, but they have maybe sequels that happened in the nineties or maybe sequels that happened in the seventies, or maybe they had movies that came out in the two thousands and stuff. So it's a very fun to talk about that as well too. So, yeah, cause that was, that was where we originally got the idea for this. Cause we were going to do movies that of sequels of movies that took place in, um, or that have they came out in the eighties, but the first movie came out like before the eighties. Yeah, so it wouldn't like have it been in 70s. our time timeline. It yeah. solves the Psycho Two problem that we had. Yep, pretty much. Yep, it'll solve all those problems. But yeah, everybody, thanks for joining us. Mm. And uh, maybe we'll leave you guys with some tunes. What do you think? What's a good nineties tune? We don't have to necessarily have to do Turbo Negro. What do you think would be a good nineties tune? That will leave us for a St. Patrick's Day type of like jam. Oh wow! Uh, what do you think? Hmm, that's a tough one. Well, who was the big? Let's say 1993. When, when did when did uh, Nirvana come out? Uh, about 1991. Okay. Let's but see. I mean, that's when Nevermind came out. But they had an album, I think, in '93. Didn't uh, In Utero come out in '93? I think so, yeah. What song do you want to do off that? Uh, let's do Scentless Apprentice. Boom. Here we go, everybody. The first ever lights out. We got some Nirvana going on. The, pretty much the 90s band of the 90s. It's that one, pretty much. Yeah, 90s band of the 90s, exactly. And everybody, this is the first ever lights out episode. Just remember, you got them dirty shoes. I got a guy for you. All right? And join us here on Sunday as we will be back here on the Retro Blood talking some folk horror. And what's the movie we have coming up this Sunday, Allison? Rawhead Rex. Yeah, buddy. Check it all out this Sunday. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the special. I really appreciate it. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And here's some Nirvana to take us out and be safe out there. Remember, when you're drinking your Guinness, just think about our boy, Leprechaun. All right? And don't forget, don't be stealing his gold. Later, everybody. See you guys.